Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children 18 plus, you are tuned in to the Loan Officer Podcast with me, Dustin Owen, and my main man, JC. John Coleman. Dio, what is popping today? Football season Nobody is in full cares. swing. I care. Nobody cares. I care. I just watched eight. my. Just watched my UCF Knights go 1-0. and They beat up on a high school team. They did. They beat up on Kent State. Do you even know no. what state Kent State is Ohio. in? Ohio. It is in Ohio. Uh-huh. Yes. Can you tell me two really cool facts that you know about Kent State? It has an eagle for a logo, and their field is blue. Just throwing it out there. The field is blue happens in Boise State, yeah. where I'm going to be next week I know, I laid it for, for the UCF see, game. See what I did for you there? I do not believe that they have an eagle. In, I think they're the golden flashes. But, no, two cool things about Kent State. Uh, one, they are in Ohio. My daughter thought they were in Kentucky. Kind of makes sense. Kentucky, Kentucky. Okay. So she thought Kent State Ohio's was maybe. Ohio's next to Kentucky. It is, yep. And uh, shout out to my buddy Rob. Rob said that Kent State's like 20 minutes outside of where he grew up in Youngstown, Ohio. Rob grew up in Youngstown. How much money did UCF pay Kent State to beat them by 45 points? Uh, they beat them by 50. But no, um, so if you remember from your history of books, Do the not. Vietnam War, nope. Kent State and students um, protested, uh-huh. brought in the National Guard, tragic event, National Guard opened fire on the students. So there's what we call the Kent State Massacre. And speaking of college football, the one, the only Nick Saban Who? got his start at Kent State. Who? Yeah, so John, it's football season. We're super Jeez. excited. And um, can't wait NFL for season starts right around the corner. Can't wait. Fantasy football drafts have been God. going on. We missed you. I can't. We did the office I'm fantasy not, football I don't draft. do fantasy football. I might as well just give you my money. You it's, did one year, didn't for you? for children. Well, hold on. What, I did money's for, for children? No, playing fantasy football is for kids. I yeah. don't care about how many office pulls you have. You people are all losers. Okay, well, I thoroughly enjoyed it, <laughs> and we missed you in the office fantasy football draft. We got pizza, wings, free food. You love free. No, nah, man. You love free. Nah. You love pizza, and you weren't there. Uh, yeah, we got to talk about that. We got to talk about you coming in more so you get get some free pizza, play fantasy football psych? with us. Nah. All right, so today's episode, you ready to jump into this? Wow. Hey. No. What? This is how it should be. This is for you, all those fans that bitch and complain about Dio and his, uh, what do you call it? House clean. House chores? How, what do you call them? Uh, to me, Housekeeping. This is fun. Housekeeping. To me, when we have our three-hour daily radio show, God. we can do this and bring the knowledge and okay. bring the noise and bring the entertainment. Yeah, but no, we're not not today. We're Look, hopping right into it. this is the Loan Officer oh, Podcast. This I'm, is everything oh, you should have learned in school but didn't because it wasn't taught. Or you weren't paying attention like me. Or you're just like JC and you were not paying attention. But no, today we're we, talking about... We, we are going to open up our own YouTube channel. That is not podcast specific. Maybe. No, we're going to. Yeah, it might not happen this year. It may happen <laughs> next year. But we will have it. That way we can do the 8 to 15 minute YouTube kind of medium form content. Not shorts that are like a minute or two. And not this long form podcast that we record that's 35 to 45 minutes. But we're going to do the 8 to 10 minute vignettes. And we'll have an entire channel that's basically called Shit They Don't Teach You in School. Mm -hmm. Today's episode is going to be geared more towards that. This is for anyone 18 plus, anyone looking for their first career, for a career change, or for a career improvement. Mm -hmm. And it's essentially things that I've done throughout my career, either as a hiring manager, what I've witnessed and experienced, the do's and don'ts, as... 
a mentor to UCF's College of Business students. This is the advice that I have been and others like me have been sharing with these students. They've been then internalizing mm -hmm. and then using to land their first career opportunity. This is also the same advice that I give to thousands of younger mortgage professionals who are newly licensed, who tune into the show, they love the show, and they want more assistance, I'll call it. Mm. I was gonna call it access, but more assistance to how they should get hired. So the whole entire episode titled, Something on the lines, John, of... You told me, but I forgot. That's where I wrote it down. Okay. It's going to be something like the career you desire is not on Indeed. But that's Or what... the career you want mm -hmm. is not found on Indeed. Mm -mm. But the whole episode is going to be how do I stand out in the crowd? How do I land that interview? How do I do well on the interview? And what do you mean the career I want's not on Indeed? Because I can go on Indeed right now and I can search for job openings. Find me a couple. Yeah, and guess what? You can find lots of job openings. You can find, can't hard to find a career. It may be difficult to find a career. A job and a career. And we're not saying that that won't happen. I'm just saying that statistically, mm -hmm. when I follow the patterns, mm -hmm. when I interview top professionals in various industries, and you start finding a common theme, the common theme was that person who loves their career, who has a true career, a profession. They speak their own language. They have their own jargon, which, by the way, John, I don't know if you know that. That is what makes a professional a profession. When you have acronyms and... Well, think about it. Cops speak cop language, yeah. and doctors and nurses speak a medical language, marketing, and attorneys uh, speak their language, and... Marketing uh, people speak their marketing language. Marketing people, people in film and, and, and production so have their own. It's so corny. Okay, we have our own. If you're in the restaurant industry... Yeah, I got on the fly means I messed up your order, so now i got to give this to you to go for free. I found that out. Well, on the fly means quickly. So everything comp is free. Whoa, 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 whoa. Corner means I'm on the fly means make it quickly. Yes. Then everything should be on the fly. I don't understand why is that just reserved when they mess up my order. Then make it extra quick. Bullshit. Okay. Well, that's what on the fly means. But the point being, a profession right. is a profession when it has its own jargon. Mm -hmm. Okay. And a lot of times people end up in jobs, and jobs aren't forever. Jobs aren't things people tend to take serious. That's for the most part why I don't like the word job. Right? I love the word career because many of us, that's what we're craving. Many of us have a job, and we need to recognize, hey, that's just a job. Let's go find you a career. It's called being a husband. Is that your career or is that's that your job? job. Full-time job. Okay. There you go. But that's your good... career is podcast producer? What do you tell people your career is, John? I don't. They say, what do you do? And I'm like, do you have time? I really don't. It, whatever depends wherever the wind's blowing that day. That's what I tell people. Interesting. I have I have actually narrowed my down to this. Okay, my down to this. Okay, yeah. What do you do, Dustin? Someone says, so what do you do? I'm in mortgage and real estate. Thank you. God. It's just easier. <laughs> I'm in mortgage and real estate. Right? That is that is um the best way, the best to, way to describe it. Describe it. Yeah. But then I'm in that rabbit hole is gonna take about you got five. That's a long elevator ride if you're gonna tell them the whole story. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I started in TV advertising in Atlanta. Funny story, Coca-Cola. I love adjunct <laughs> professors. That's what, yeah. Ah, you've heard that uh, once uh, or uh, twice. Yeah, 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 there we go. Shout out Dr. Stansberry. <laughs> He's getting to tell the story, the Dr. Stansberry story. Yeah. But no, yeah, I'm in mortgage and real estate. And then I sometimes, depending on how much time they have, mm -hmm. I'm like, my passion is my podcast, though. Oh, you have a podcast? Let me get into oh, that. God, yeah, that. Yeah, what's your podcast about? Blah, 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 blah. Right? right. So nonetheless, let's just jump right into it. Yeah. 
Here's what I mean when I tell or explain or teach that in my experience, the world according to Dustin, the way that I've lived it, that the career opportunity you want is not on deed is because typically career opportunities come from your circle of influence, your network. The best opportunities sometimes don't even get posted. Hell no. Because internally, they start looking to source it, either with an internal candidate or within someone who is already attached to the to a mm-hmm. candidate who's external, yeah. but they can make a warm introduction to the hiring manager. And if that warm introduction is someone who's in good standing with the company, well, most of us understand birds of a feather flock together. So whether you are a younger professional or whether you are looking to change careers, you're newly licensed in whatever it is that you're looking to do, the very first thing I'm gonna tell you if you came to me for advice or mentorship is you need to work your network. You need to reach out to your ex-neighbors, reach out to your ex-classmates, reach out to friends of friends, your family, casually, professionally and politely, give them a call, give them a text, drop them an email, slide into their DMs, ask them what's up, see what they're, see what they're doing. And then just simply ask them, hey, do you have five or 10 minutes? I'd love to hop on a call with you. Oh, what's it about? Oh, I have some career opportunities that I'd like your advice on. Most people are down to give advice. Sometimes people like me, we give advice too much. People are like, yo, quit giving me unsolicited advice. I didn't ask you for it. We're just trying to help, by the way. We really are. We have big hearts, but it can be too much. But if you ask them, when you get them on the phone, ask them, who do you know? Hey, by the way, who do you know? What do you do for, for a living? Do you like it? Tell me more about that. Well, this is what I'm looking to get into. Do you know anyone? Can you make an introduction to me or an introduction for me? So, so work your circle. And a lot of times, especially if that profession is anything that is sales, marketing, client interaction, account management, your job is going to have to entail networking. So you might as well network your butt off to land that first interview. And if you don't have that big of a circle, then start researching trade organizations and their groups and join their groups, whether it's a group on Facebook, whether it's a group that meets once a month for lunch, join that particular trade organization, start attending their meetings and network. Let people know who you are. Let people know what you're looking to do. Ask them questions like, hey, is your company hiring? Hey, by the way, I'm looking to get into this field or work for this company. Do you know anyone? Because that is what it's going to take. You have to fight for your right to interview for a job. Yeah, or a party. Oh yeah, I know that Beastie Boys. There you go. Yeah, but you, but you you gotta go kick some doors down sometimes. Sometimes you have yeah. to wiggle those handles. Sometimes the doors aren't just wide open. Yeah, sometimes you gotta sleep on the floor overnight to get that job done. Yes. So it's like, how bad do you want it? For our college students, this is what internships are all about. I love, love, love internships. You've probably heard me say this before, John, 17 times. I've had seven internships when I was in college. I couldn't even get an internship when I applied, so good for you. I had seven of them. You know what all seven of them taught me? This is the shit I do not want to do. 100%. It taught me what I did not want to do for a living. But you know what also exposed me to being in an office environment? Mm -hmm. It demystified some of it. Mm -hmm. It let me know that, hey, all the... These, although these people are older, they're not any more special mm-hmm. or they're not any more of an F up or less of an F up than I am. They, actually are. Right? they are just normal people who have some experience and getting to be around them. I get to hear their conversations and 
it gave me a good sense of what it meant to work in an env- in an office yeah. environment. How did they dress? How did they talk? How did they look? What time did they show up? What did they drive? Like all of those things mm-hmm. definitely resonated. But the seven internships taught me what I didn't want to do. Now they looked amazing on my resume. On my resume, when I moved to Atlanta looking for a job, they're dang NFL Europe, yeah. K ninety two FM, Yes of which Pepperdine and Brown. I mean, interiorsunlimited.com. Wow. Seven internships? Yes, I had seven internships. And all they let me learn was what I didn't want to do. For some people, the internship, it leads them mm-hmm. to their first career opportunity. Mm-hmm. They went there. They fell in love with it. The people liked them. They liked the people. And all of a sudden, when it came to graduation day, well, the W knows better than W don't, both for an employer and employee, they felt comfortable. They went into a relationship with each other. That relationship was that first career opportunity. So first and foremost, that's what I mean when I say the career you want is not on. Indeed, it's not. It's, it's within your control, your circle of influence. You have the power to go out and create the best opportunity just by asking the right questions, showing up to the right meetings. Now, if you're going to show up to the meetings, just word to the wise, y'all, you better look good and you better smell good and you better sound good. First impressions still matter. What are you wearing? How much perfume or cologne are you, are you wearing or not wearing? How potent is that particular body wash or that particular hair product? Or that strain, did, yeah. Did you smoke a bowl in the car on oh, the way say, there? That strain of cannabis must follow you all day. It it will. A hundred percent it will. You did you smoke a cigarette? Did you smoke a black and mild? Like that mm, they the, those smells turn people off. Right? Whether there's for your good or or someone else's good, they still smell. It's a smell too much cologne, too much perfume turns people off, right? Cigarette smoke turns people off. Reeking of beer, it turns people off. So it is about how you look, how you smell, and then how do you speak? Do you speak with proper grammar? With Do you enunciate? Do you make eye contact? Do you smile? Do you have a firm handshake? Like all of that matters. And on the dress thing, yeah, you don't need to show up in a ball gown. You don't need to show up in a tuxedo. But you need to understand that if you're going to show up and you are going to be the least experienced person in the room, the least educated person in the room, the unknown person, sometimes the youngest person, you need to be dressed at a minimum as good as the person interviewing you. I would tell you one step higher. Mm -hmm. If that person is in slacks and a button down, you need to be in slacks, a button down and a blazer. If that person is in shirt and tie, you need to be in a suit, right? If that person's in what I'm wearing today, which is my UCF polo tucked into a pair of slacks and dress shoes. Go nice. Go nice again. <laughs> At worst, you can be dressed the same as me, but I would tell you, uh-uh, not for an interview. Not for an interview. Have you, have you talked with someone on the phone and never seen them and they show up like, wow, that guy crushed it on the phone and they show up in flip-flops and you're like, yo, what the hell? Yes. Not in flip-flops, but I've had someone show up in black jeans, untucked, black button-down shirt. Sloppy AF, man. Sloppy. Sloppy. Minimum, tuck the shirt in. And look, I don't need you to go to Jose Banks or Nordstrom or call up our boy Jeff over at Tom James and drop, you know, $800 to $1,800 on clothes. Go to freaking Target and buy yourself a couple pair of slacks and a couple button-downs. You can go and buy a sports coat 
that can go with three different button-down shirts and two different pair of, of pants. I mean, for a couple hundred dollars, you can have three pair of pants, three polos, and two button-downs. Mm -hmm. And as long as you tuck it in, you have a belt on, a good and the belt kit. matches yeah. your shoes, yeah, that's a great starter kit to get you going until you can invest in a more pro professional wardrobe. So that's just a little bit of a word to the wise, like when you score that meeting. Now, sometimes scoring a meeting, we didn't talk about this yet, but you may need to actually cold call the career opportunity that you desire. I think about my friend Joey. My friend Joey knew he wanted to work at Raymond James. He just knew it. He lived in Tampa, Florida. He's like, that's, that's where I want to work. Now, Joey was doing a career transition. So that career transition had him going back to college, finishing his four-year degree because he had a technical degree in like AutoCAD where he used to design master closets for rich people's mansions. Mm. Okay, it's what he did. He was a designer and he used AutoCAD. He was going back to school, University of Florida, to get his finance degree. So he knew he wanted to go work at Raymond James. He must have applied for seven different jobs. Hell yeah. He showed up on site, on campus, with his resume because he wasn't getting callbacks. And the lady finally, he, he worked so hard to get, to get recognized. Like, we know who you are, Mr. Joey. We see you in your resume coming across, but every single time it's you're either underqualified or overqualified. And because he walked in there, by the way, wearing a bow tie, he was wearing a bow tie suit with bow tie, bow tie stand out. He did that on purpose. He at least was able to get someone to, to acknowledge him, mm -hmm. talk to him. And then he had his shot, took a shot. He said, man, sir, here's all I want to do. I'm willing to start at the bottom. This is where I want to make my career. I'll start in the mail room. I am three semesters away from achieving my bachelor's degree from University of Florida in finance. And I know this is where I'm going to want to work once that is achieved. He got his opportunity. When, he's, when he got his opportunity, he didn't squander it. But what it took was just applying to the seven job requisitions that Raymond James was posting on the website wasn't enough. He had to go there, dress to impress with a smile and a firm handshake and get someone to acknowledge him. And then he pitched them in person they got him an interview. He won the interview and he worked there for, I want to say 10 years. Like that's a solid career, uh, various departments, various promotions for his first two years. He only wore a bow tie. Everyone else was in slacks and a polo. He was still in his bow tie. I asked him, why are you doing that? Joe, isn't it kind of weird? He said, I want to stand out. I want the CEO and CFO to know who I am. Mm -hmm. They might not know my name, but they know me as a bow tie guy. That way, when I joined the Young Professionals Network within that particular company, again, I'm the bow tie guy. When I joined this particular charitable organization within the company, the bow tie guy, everywhere they look, there's the bow tie guy. His goal was that when there's a time for a promotion, people just knew the bow tie guy. Hey, you should go to talk to the bow tie guy. He also knew that he had a network within his company. That is something I don't know if enough people recognize. You work for a large Fortune 500 type company. What are you doing to network within it? Entrepreneurship from our friend Louis Valsain. Hey, if you want to go back to like episode three. Thirteen or something. Thirteen, yeah. <laughs> hey, that was a phenomenal episode. But like those are things that people who are very career focused and career minded that they're doing, they are intentional about every action and they are understanding and recognizing that you need to network mm -hmm. within your own industry. Within your own, well, not industry, yes, but also within your own company. 
at the same time, like, let's also kind of like lay out the basic foundations. You can't be a stick in the mud. You can't be a jerk. You can't be a mean person and expect people to go out of the way for you. You have to be a gracious person. You have to show gratitude. You have to be receptive to coaching. You have to be open to new ideas, right? All of this is what those people who are career minded should know. You also have to like be dependable, be accountable and do good work. Oh like, shit! Oh, damn. Yeah. I didn't know. Oh, I left that out. Yeah. Oh damn yeah. it. And then let me touch on this before we like find a way to conclude and wrap up this episode. And this is more on the interviewing side. When you interview for that career opportunity that you didn't find on Indeed, please understand that you are going to gain the interviewer's respect when you start interviewing them. Come equipped knowing a thing or two about them, a thing or two about the company a thing or two about the position, but also have at least three questions to ask them. And those questions better not be about comp and benefits. Oh. That interviewer is more than willing to discuss comp and benefits with you. But if the first two questions out of your mouth are comp related and benefit related, I'm going to tell you I'm out. I'm out. You can ask me about career trajectory. You can ask me questions about um, other people that you have hired that were in my role and where are they now? Mm -hmm. uh, you can ask me questions as it pertains to why I think this is a great place to work or why I think this opportunity is a good opportunity for someone like the person being interviewed. It just can't be about comp and benefits. And you sure as shit better not ask me about PTO. People do that on the first one. Oh, look, it matters. Interview? It matters. I guess it so. absolutely matters, but it should not be the first question, but you do need to come equipped with questions and make sure that you are sitting up straight. Make sure you're asking, you're making eye contact and make sure you have questions to ask as well as you have answers to give when you're being asked the question and you should be able to, to respond to where do you see yourself in three, five and seven years? That's a pretty basic generic. Mm -hmm. You should be able to answer the questions. Why should I hire you versus someone other than you and write this down. You need to be able to tell stories about how in your life you have either overcome adversity to achieve, tell stories, how you have been recognized at being the best at something. Tell me a story when I'm interviewing you that makes you stand out, that makes you memorable. They don't do a good enough job of covering these particular situations in most classrooms. There's definitely some classrooms where they do it. There's some clubs that you can join, especially when you're in the post high school yeah. realm, but most of it takes practice. Yeah, you gotta go get interviewed for a bunch of jobs and not get a call back. That's what happened. Well, me. let me cover that too. Yeah, I know. Let me cover that too. If you are a 22 year old, who has never held a job. Yeah, don't get mad. They ain't calling your ass back. And no internship. They ain't calling you back. You look like trash. I don't care what your GPA was and how prestigious your, your university was. Oh, I know. I want that kid that worked for two years at Chick-fil-A and one year at Publix. Plus, they had two internships. I don't care if their GPA was a 3.0 or a 4.0. I don't care if they graduated honors college or not honors college. It matters more that they have real-world experience. They're used to having a boss. They're used to being told what to do. They're used to having to juggle their hours. 
Like these are things that are real life experience that I think the kids that do do it, they take for granted what advantage they're going to have against their uh, uh, when they come, mm -hmm. go against their peers down the down the line. Translation: You need to work at shitty jobs that you hate straight out of college for at least three to five years. To while in college. Oh yeah. I did while that. in college. Oh yeah. Both my children will work while in high school. Both my children will work while in college, and it is not because they have to. Yeah, because I worked at a bank. Can you believe that? I was a senior teller. I was in charge of ordering money and like dispersing money to people. Can you? I opened in college. The, yeah, I worked two years at Pilot Bank. Shout out Pilot Bank on Fowler in Tampa. Wow, are they still around? Uh, they got. I think. Yeah, yeah, they're I still around. I learned something new about you. Yeah, John. I was. I, well, I knew about stuff. That's how I know about CDs and mortgages. That's how I knew there's a T in mortgage. Wow, I was today years old I when I knew senior, that about did you. Did you even read my my resume? It was on it. I got. I stopped at. <laughs> Honestly, John, 13 years at EA Sports. That's all it yeah, that's all you need to see. Yeah, that that a degree in marketing from University of Tampa, mm -hmm. 13 years at EA Sports. EA Sports, 13 years, here's what it tells me. Fortune 500 company, longevity. I haven't updated my resume or my LinkedIn since. I'm serious. You probably haven't. Hopefully, you'll never need to, <laughs> I right? Hopefully, I the rest of your career is going to be producer T -Lop, and co-hosted. Yes, of the Lone Ocean Podcast. There it is, yeah. But it started at Pilot Bank. That's how it started. That's crazy. And we could go on and on about giving interview tips and how to dress for success. Just know that you need to be intentional. Just know. Like, and then the follow-up. Y'all, when you score that, that interview, mm -hmm. when your cousin hooks you up with their boss and their boss introduces you mm -hmm. to the HR manager at that company that with that career opportunity, mm -hmm. What did you do to thank your cousin? What did you do to thank their boss? And how did you follow up with that HR manager? I always send an email after the fact and say, thank you for the opportunity. Email minimum. Handwritten. Thank Handwritten you. thank you note over the top. And if you really want it. Tickets, bribe them. A small gift. Yeah. If you really wanted a small gift, especially if you can get creative with the messaging, like Pinterest creative mm -hmm. with the messaging. Yeah. You know, I mean, depending on what you're, profession is will tell you the level of creativity mm -hmm. or the amount of bandwidth you can display mm -hmm. for some it's just going to be the email listen you don't even need to count but if you come into an interview with do and wearing some ufc ucf swag he'll give you a job tell you what you you want to show up and you and you have something ucf we have a commonality yeah. that's an interview skill is to find commonality with the person that is interviewing you. Got a Facebook, stock them on social, find out their likes, find out their interests, and then show up to the damn interview. Well, and know this, yeah. they're Facebook stalking you. Hell yeah. So what's your presence say about you on LinkedIn or even on LinkedIn? If you're not, maybe you should get on there. Mm -hmm. What does your uh, Facebook look like? Parties and keg stands. Hey, you better then be very difficult to find and you, may, you should only be open to friends. Uh, yeah. Right, your profile should only be open to friends. Same thing about IG. Right, if if I'm not following you, I shouldn't be able to see you on IG if you're posting nefarious stuff. Because mm -hmm. we are going to go on IG, we are going to go on Facebook, and we are going to go on LinkedIn to look for you. Yeah. And if you're not on LinkedIn, are you a serious business professional? Probably not. I don't know. Right, but if I wanted to stand out, maybe I could send an email and I could LinkedIn connect with you and send you a LinkedIn message as a way to show my gratitude and to thank you for the time. Yeah. But it all starts with you. I think that's what's most important. Mm -hmm. What's most important from today's episode. And I think this is good to know because we're getting ready to enter into an environment where the federal reserve is doing everything in their power to make the 
labor market cool off. That means more unemployment. That means less job uh, openings. Oh, shit. Well, less job openings and, and unemployment going up, that means it's going to get tighter yeah. and more competitive. Oh, my gosh, I have one more thing. You I keep have to trying to hang there. up the phone. Let's go. I keep, yeah, <laughs> I keep on trying. And that was like the other night, you know, we were uh, sitting at the hotel lobby bar. Like, just, just one just more round. Just one more. Just one more round. The guy was like, the bar closes at 10. Just one more, just though. Man, yeah. Yeah, okay. Or when I'm sitting there rolling dice at the at the craps table, high, yo. and I keep on telling my wife's like ready to go to bed, and I'm like, no, just 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 one more round Horn around the table, high, yo. Yes. So anyhow, just one more. This is very important, like very 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 important. Okay. Especially in today's day and age, y'all listen. Stop what you're doing and listen to this. If you don't have experience, if you require training, and your ass is also demanding work from home. <laughs> Child, please. Get the F out. Don't even bother me. Literally don't even bother me. I'm going to lose my ever-loving shit. Work from home is a privilege. Work from home is for those people who already know what they're doing. They're already at the top of their game. They are self-disciplined. They don't have distractions. At which point... They can do just as good of a job at home as they can in the office. But in many office environments, they still miss out on the synergy. They still miss out on the camaraderie, the team building. But I have seen all over Facebook, oh, I need to find a job. I'm newly licensed. Anyone know anyone who offers great training, good mentorship, and work from home? But get the f- out of here. Come on. What, what world do you live in? Huh. I want my wife to be hot and smart and funny and nice to me. I mean, that's what I, yeah. That's what you want, John. You get three out of the four. You pick those three. Five out of ten. No, I meant your wife. You got to have at least seven out of ten, if not nine out of ten. I got People look at the two of you, they're like, what is she doing with him? I outkick my coverage. Yeah, good for you. Good for you. But I'm just saying to these, these career seekers, please. Please. Entitled brats. Like who who do you think you are that you that you're demanding the millennials, Dustin. That's it, it, it doesn't it doesn't happen that way. Like it just doesn't. So nonetheless, look, if y'all have more questions as it pertains to this, we love doing this type of content. Mm-hmm. We have an entire catalog, catalog of episodes. We call ourselves the Loan Officer Podcast because I give advice as if I were your loan officer. Not because we do content specifically for mortgage loan originators. Because you understand a, a loan officer is someone who knows a thing about finance, a thing about economics, a thing about marketing, a thing about sales, running their own business, how to problem solve. And loan officers are connected with all of the top industries within their community be because they serve them. Yep. You got to think, who buys a house and who gets a mortgage? People from all walks of life. Those are our clients. We learn from them. We educate them, we coach them, we teach them, and then in return, we live our life in a manner that allows us to practice what we preach. The show is called The Loan Officer Podcast, but do not let the name fool you. This is everything we should have learned in school, but didn't. He's John Coleman. I'm Dustin Owen. We look forward to catching you on the next episode. Peace. Peace.